Welcome to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners are celebrated as the backbone of the American economy. Each week, we introduce you to tycoons who share their stories and advice so that small business owners may learn from their experiences. Tycoons is powered by Backbone Planning Partners, Fintrepid Solutions, and Pivotal Advisors. Join us now as our hosts connect you to today's tycoons. Good afternoon, tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I am here, your host, as always, Austin Peterson, coming to you live from Gilbert, Arizona. It's sunny and 75, but in my office it is not very warm, so I've got a jacket on. Today is a special recording, I guess, or special episode. Today happens to be Election Day, November 8th. You know, so if you haven't gotten out there and done your civic duty, please get out there and do that. We all need to vote, make sure our voice is heard. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast and you're wondering what it is that we do here at Tycoons of Small Biz, we are a podcast that's put together by small business owners for small business owners. It is our belief that the backbone of the American economy is the small business owner. They really drive the economy here in the United States. And so we put together this podcast in May of 2020 as a way to prop up the small business owner, give them an opportunity to tell their story and and get their message out there and talk about their successes, talk about their failures, and just give them an opportunity to be heard and and make sure that uh, their story is being shared. So with that being said, we definitely have a tycoon of small biz on the podcast with us today. We've got Gene. Really, his name is Gennady. Gene is his Americanized name, so we'll talk about that uh, here in a minute. But Gene Lazarovich coming to us from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gene, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Austin, for having us. And what a great uh, show and great name, Tycoon of Small Business. You know, I'm uh, honored to be called a Tycoon of Small Business. That's great. So, yeah, definitely you know, a special episode today because, yeah, definitely I already voted. So, and I hope everybody goes out and vote. That's definitely a big big day today. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, happy to, uh, to uh, put in, you know, the vote today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I I think for you, you know, compared to many of our guests, it probably means a little bit more, right? Being able to participate in a free and fair election. That's right. Yes. I, um, you know, I came here 30 years ago from uh, Russia and uh, became a citizen five years later and uh, definitely uh, proud to, to vote every time I can. So yeah, for sure. So Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, we always start by having our guests tell us a little bit about themselves personally. So t- tell us your story. I mean, you just mentioned that you, you know, you're you're a refugee from Moscow, Russia, came here about 30 years ago. But tell us the rest of the story. Let us let us know who Gene is and, and what your family's like today and what happened the last 30 years. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so I came here, um, you know, 30 years ago, uh, 31, it was a 91 October 26, 1991, you know, we came here as a refugees from uh, Moscow, Russia. And, uh, you know, we applied to uh, come here three years before that. So um, in 91, you know, we got approved to come to the States. And about October of uh, 2020, you know, 1991, October of about 2024, uh, my mom woke me up and, um, you know, she said, look outside the window. And uh, I looked out and there were tanks on the streets. So basically, it was a first coup that uh, Russia had, and um, they closed the borders for three days, and we couldn't get out. So um, it was uh, quite an experience, you know, already, you know, kind of we already had visas to go to the States, uh, but, you know, we couldn't get out for three days because they closed the borders, they closed airports, you know, they had tanks in the streets, you know, there was no government for three days, and they, it was, uh, it was uh, really nervous, nerve-wracking to um, get out. So uh Luckily, um, you know, we got out three days later and uh, came to um, United States with basically $100 in our pockets, came through JFK and then ended up uh, here in Pittsburgh, which, you know, we lived here, you know, already been living here for about 30 years. And then um, I came here with uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my, you know, my uncles and my uh, grandparents, uh, you know, they passed away already. But uh, so, you know, it was a big family, it was uh, about 11 of us. And then uh, three years later, you know, we decided to open up a company, um, you know, start getting into, um, you know, start you know, opening up a small business. However, before that, I also got accepted to go to university. And then I got a job working at the medical center, local medical center, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center here as a nurse's aide. So basically, I was uh, going to school, 
I was working at the hospital and then I started uh, my small business in 1994. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was not easy. You know, we were just, you know, I was 18, um, you know, and at that point I was like 21 and I started my business. So um, it was, uh, it was just a very, very tough start. You know, we, we didn't get any funding from anybody. We went to the bank and uh, tried to get uh, loans and, uh, you know, we couldn't get anything because we didn't have any collateral. So you know, they were asking us, what are you guys going to, you know, use it as collateral? We didn't have anything. So, uh, you know, we just started bootstrapping everything from our apartments. And, you know, it was it was not easy at all. Um, you know, we, um, you know, we actually borrowed some money from our parents that we ended up paying back. You know, we were just working from our apartments uh, pretty much for about five years uh, until we opened up an office in uh, about uh, 1999 here in Pittsburgh. And then we created, you know, our own uh, brand, which is called Jet Store. And then we started manufacturing and building our own storage solutions here in Pittsburgh. So then I got married and then I have two kids, two seniors, uh, one a senior in college, one a senior in high school and um, two girls. And, um, you know, one's going to, she's going to computer science, she's going to be graduating this year. And then uh, one is uh, graduating from high school. So and she'll be going to university as well. Um, so, but um, yeah, it, it's been, it's been a long, long ride. You know, we've been in business 28 years and it's been a very interesting ride, you know, because uh, like I said, you know, we couldn't get any funding, we couldn't get anything from anybody. So it was just uh, bootstrapping and, and going door to door, really, and, you know, trying to, trying to get the business and trying to get, you know, get the business going. So It's funny because what you just described is, is literally the American dream that everybody talks about, right? And it, it's, it's why, you know, you and your family wanted to come to, to America specifically, right? I mean, there are reasons that you wanted to be out of Russia, but specifically to come to America was that you have that ability to build that dream. But it's not easy. It never is, right? I mean, just because it's possible doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, that it's going to be, you know, a walk in the park. It's going to be, you know, beautiful or, or you know, really a, a fun thing to do all the time. But you've been able to kind of come out the other side, so to speak, at, at this point. And that, that's got to feel, you know, tremendous. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, like you said, uh, I mean, to start out, it's just like I tell people, it's just like you're going into the water and you start swimming basically without, you know, learning how to swim. You know, when you get into try to do your own business, it's just you don't know. You have like we had no plan. We had no customers. Uh, you know, we had no money. We had no anything. And, you know, we just wanted to do it. We wanted to succeed. And um, this obviously, yeah, just, you know, this country offers an absolute amazing opportunities for everyone to um, to succeed and to be something and to, you know, be able to uh, strive and, and be successful. And um, and that's what we were able to do. But yes, it's it's a grind. It's every day, you know, I wake up and I think that what are we going to do today? What are we, you know, what what? you know, what things do we need to do? What, where do we go? Where do we find new customers? Where do we find new partners? You know, what should we do? And, and that's uh, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, it's the best. And I tell people that you can't go to school. You can't, you know, get an MBA in small business entrepreneurship, just like we talked about it. You know, even though we, you know, we all, like I, I graduated from college, I took some business classes, but to go through, to actually run your own business, you have to do it kind of on your own. You have to learn on your own mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed, you know, and that's how you do it. That's how you learn. We were able to do it. You know, it, take, it takes time, you know, but, it, you know, it's possible. If I can do it, I think anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I think what you've built is tremendous. I mean, along the way, you know, you've been put up for different entrepreneurship, you know, Entrepreneur of the Year awards and all those sorts of things with Ernst & Young, which yeah. is tremendous. I mean, that that puts you in a level that is above most, right? So but before we kind of jump into kind of how things have been built, why don't we just take a step back and tell us exactly what AC and, Net, AC and NC Jet Store is and does? Right. So um, ACMC stands for Advanced Computer Network Corporation, and uh, we uh, have our own federal trademark jet store, 
and we build and service and sell uh, data storage uh, subsystems that are used in universities, governments, private clouds. So anything that's data storage related, you know, we build. We build it right here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we burn everything here, and then we ship it out around the country, around the world. Um, so we have some major customers like Department of State, Navy, the Department of Defense. We have our own GSA contract. And, you know, we work with a lot of um, educational universities and uh, schools, K-12s, like Columbia University is our customer, Duke University. And, and we're also now working with a lot of MSPs, managed service providers, and cloud providers that, you know, use data backup, you know, just towards uh, backup devices and production services. We also have a lot of hospitals. So like a lot of uh, what's called PAX systems, like x-rays, are run on jet stores as well. So, And we actually have a lot of customers in Arizona as well. So we have actually a couple of MSPs in Arizona where you are, Austin. So, you know, we have, you know, we, we have uh, customers around the world. Actually, an interesting fact, uh, we actually have about 55% of uh, UK police for forensics uses jet stores. So we actually have an office in UK, in London, um, and um, about half of the the storage is uh, they're using JetStore uh, for forensics um, to uh, catch all the you know criminals in a you know cyber crime and then um, uh, you know other criminals that are you know they have to collect data on them. So we work with a lot of we work with uh, UK police. Well, UK police uses a lot of jet stores as well. So that's awesome. So tell me, the older daughter that's about to graduate from college with a computer science degree seems to kind of fit right into that jet store. Uh, spot is that is that the plan or is she going to be forging her own path? She's going to be forging her own path. Uh, she actually accepted uh, an offer in Chicago, so she's going to be moving to Chicago in the summer. Uh, but she's going to be working for a digital uh, transformation a consulting firm. They have about twenty thousand people. It's a, a worldwide uh, consulting company. There's, she's going to be working in a Salesforce consultancy. So, um, but they have customers, they have very big uh, Fortune 500 customers like uh, Walmart and Adidas and Finair. So it's a pretty big company. And uh, they keep telling me, Dad, you should have, you know, taught us how to, you know, what to do is, you know, with JetStore. So we would have, you know, keep running it. But, uh, um, you know, I think they, um, you know, they're going to do just, just as well, you know, hopefully be successful in their own ways. But obviously, well, I'm able to help them, you know, any way I can. But uh that's that's going to be interesting, you know, to see, you know, how we succeed. Because, like, you know, like you said, you know, I've been doing this for twenty eight years, so we'll see how how the things go. So I'm going to be fifty actually this year, so still young, still kicking. Yeah. So, well, you, yeah, you're just a few years older than me. Obviously, we have the same haircut though. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the small business tycoons have like the same hairstyles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we rub it all off where we're sitting there trying to figure out what to do next to, to right. keep this flow. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's very interesting, yeah, that uh, some some entrepreneurs, uh, you know, like I was listening to the previous one and uh, the guy has some kids that maybe go into the business and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think my kids will probably go in their own path, but, you know, um, we'll see how, you know, what we do as far as, this, you know, exit plan, but, you know, we haven't given much thought about it, but, um, you know, we'll see. We're working on it. <laughs> so, we'll it see. Sounds like you, yeah, it sounds like you need to go back and read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People again. You got to begin with the end in mind, Gene. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's funny, though. I, the older daughter, and who knows what the younger daughter wants to study in college, and maybe she goes the same direction, maybe not. But obviously, a computer science degree is not required to run the organization. but It'll be interesting to see because I, I see this a lot. You know, I work almost exclusively with family-owned, you know, businesses, and they do. They go out and they 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 kind of cut their teeth and forge their own path, and they do certain things. But then a lot of them come back and and say, "Gosh, you know, I gained this great experience. Now I want to kind of take over the family business and 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 work there as well." So, who knows? Never say never, right? Right. Well, they they see um, you know they see me they see uh, you know how I run it they see the the small business uh, kind of culture and they see the you know the success and you know maybe it will you know my like my oldest one she kind of wants to open up her own company maybe someday so we'll see how it goes it's going to be very interesting to see how their path is going to be my youngest one actually wants to go into law 
she actually uh, created a mock trial team and she is a state champion in speech and debate in her school. So she does really well in debating. She can out debate me. So, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, we'll see what she does. She wants to, she, maybe she'll open up her own firm. I mean, who knows, but they're very ambitious. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they do have a good example, I guess, hopefully. They see yeah. me working every day, 24 <laughs> seven. So. <laughs> well, I was going to assume it was their mother, but. <laughs> well, the brains come from the mother. So the brains <laughs> come from the mother, but uh so yeah, but uh, yeah, my wife she does grant writing for the opera local opera company. So, but she's a very good writer. I don't know where I got the entrepreneur uh, skills, but I guess you know, I was just born that way. So, and uh, I can't see myself. I, I I heard your other shows, and you were saying like you can't see yourself working for anyone. But yeah, I'm the same way. Like after 30 years, I, it's it's gonna be hard for me to work for somebody. But you never know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you you never know, but uh, maybe yeah, consulting or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I have I have a hard time with large corporation cultures and the, and the way that that all happens. And so I know they don't want me working there, and I know I don't want to work there. So yeah, large corporations be like a maze. I mean, I have friends that work for like large corporations, and they're uh, even though they have all this experience, they've been working at different companies, big companies, and but. They're having a hard time like navigating through the system through the all these uh, layers of people and politics and all this stuff so it's um it's 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 very tough so it's like for us like whenever we have to win a deal you know we always say you have to win three piece price performance and politics and uh the politics for me is the toughest one because uh, i don't play golf so i gotta start playing <laughs> golf <I think. laughs> so because uh, i think a lot of deals are down on the golf course anymore so yeah, well, I play golf, but not very well. So I don't know that that helps me at all. So Gene, let's kind of get into the nuts and bolts. I mean, you talk about your your daughters maybe wanting to start their own business. So maybe, you know, we phrase frame it that way. But if somebody you're meeting somebody for the first time, what advice would you give to them if they're if they're wanting to open up a new business, right? You're 28 years in now. So what advice do you give to somebody looking back? I would say probably having a plan or at least some kind of business plan and uh, kind of understanding of what the goals are, maybe some, having some kind of plan would be good and having you know, maybe more advisors and mentors to kind of get you going. You know, when we started, we, we didn't have a plan. So I think that, you know, may or may not help, but, you know, I think, you know, looking back, you know, probably should have had a better plan to how we're going to execute. But also for me, I had a partner, which you know, I ended up buying out about 10 years ago. And um, that was probably the best thing I've ever done. But the worst thing I've done was that we, you know, we were like 50, 50. <laughs> so there was no 51, 49. So it took us like eight months to get uh, what's, you know, my attorney called di- corporate divorce. So it was, it was, a, it was a rough eight months because, you know, we couldn't get separated. So I would say my my one of, and I probably, I can probably do a business class on like how to do a partnerships, but I, I would say that please just have you know forty nine fifty one or have a majority. Somebody have to have a majority with three partners, you know. Then you know obviously they can vote you know each other out. But having fifty fifty is is tough. I mean, you could have you know we had the eighteen year run together, but then after we decided you know we realized that we couldn't you know couldn't work together anymore it was tough to separate um so and you know without you know without having no paper you know it definitely was uh, not a good thing but you know we were young so we were kind of you know i call it young and stupid so we just did 50 50 because we didn't know we were going to be in business for three days three months or three years because most businesses you know don't survive right so right. you know we survived for 28 years but you know having 50 50 definitely not a good thing so you know, having a plan and then definitely having a good structure, you know, good agreement, um, you know, in place probably would, would help. Yeah, for sure. And, and and just to be clear, you know, for those who are listening and wanting to to take this advice, make, wanting to make money and own your own business is not a plan. <laughs> you you got to have more than that, right? You, you, you need to, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I'm, I'm a big believer, my own personal business plan that I write every single year is one page. I believe that it should be short, succinct, 
you know, bullet points, whatever you need to do, but there needs to be a plan in place as to, as to what you're trying to build and how you're going to build it. Right. Right. At least some kind of structure, you know, at least some kind of ideas that you put on the paper that you can follow would definitely help. And yeah, you know, just, this is, you know, just because you go into business, it doesn't mean you're going to make money or you're going to be successful. Uh, a lot of people have that perception. It, I think it's it's just a mess. <laughs> so, you know, you, you're going to work hard. You're going to work 24-7. You, you're not going to have, you may not have a lot of social life. Um, you may not have, you know, may not see your kids for a long time. Like uh, as far as like, it, it's, it's a big commitment to run business. It's a big commitment. You have a big responsibility because you're wearing a lot of hats. You know, you're doing customer support. You're doing sales, you're doing marketing, you go on networking events. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, I have stack of trade shows, things that we've done, you know, every year, four, five, 10 trade shows a year. So, you know, you'll be traveling, you know, you'll be meeting people. So it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But it's it's definitely, you know, if you if you stay focused and you know and you, you know, you can execute, then you definitely will be successful. But it it's it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So that's why there's not many entrepreneurs. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of small businesses, but I think entrepreneur is different. I mean, even though, you know, like I said, it's just, you can't go to school for this kind of stuff. So it just, it's like, you kind of, some people, they go into business like with a partner and that's, and then they end up leaving because they just can't handle it anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, some of the, the points that you make. I mean, like I mentioned, Landon and I work almost exclusively with family-owned businesses and, and the dynamics that are involved or, you know, in partnership disputes or whatever the case may be. There's there's so much that's involved in those sorts of things, and, and that really can make or break a partnership and a business. And you have to you have to have open lines of communication throughout all of it and that's really where it ends up, you know, kind of coming off the rails. I mean, I, I don't know your situation with your partner buyout, but like you said, after 18 years, you couldn't really work together any longer. And I'll bet if you looked back and thought, okay, well, if we had been more communicative about this, or we had talked about this before it became a problem, or if I had expressed my frustrations about that to him or her, they may have been, you know, a little bit more open with me and, and we could have worked through that so that it didn't become, you know, an issue. But like you said, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. you never know exactly how it's going to work out, but there are certain things that you can do along the way to try to make a partnership as successful as possible. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's also like other dynamics like family, you know, for example, like he had some maybe family issues and then, you know, maybe he decided to go to another state like to Florida or something like that. So, you know, maybe he decided to move or there was a family issue. So there's not only you can have, you know, you can have all kinds of agreements or you can have all kinds of, meetings and communications but at the end of the day there's other people that are also involved like you know the the significant others where they say oh you're not paying attention to me you're like 24 7 in the business or you know um, the kids are not taking care of or or i want to go to you know whatever bahamas or you know i just i don't want to be here anymore so there's a you know there's people you know that yeah obviously nothing's forever so you kind of have to choose your partners wisely but a lot of times you know from what i see i mean if you see like bill gates with uh uh with paul allen you know a lot of big companies even that you know performed as a partnerships ended up being a single person so it's sort of kind of you know it's great to have i think it's if you have like multiple partners maybe more than one maybe you have five or three or more than two and it's two it's just tough because you know you're always butting heads i think unless you're completely different, like maybe you feel like an engineer and the other guys, maybe like a more like sales guy that's different. But if you, and, but then you have to be on the same page, you have to be kind of pulling it together. You also, that's another thing, like one partner may be pulling more. So they like, let me be like generating all the sales they're generating all the leads and other partners kind of like in the background just doing invoices or billing people or, you know, doing a back office. Well, I can find people for back office, right? So, um, right. So, so you, you have to define the responsibilities, you know, like if I'm talking to a customer then you got to be 
doing something where, you know, everybody has to be pulling in the right direction. Everybody has to be going, you know, after goal, after, you know, being successful, after stay focused. You know, if you lose focus, that's it. You know, you, you're going to have, you're going to have to drop out. Yeah. That's what, that's what happened. Yep. No doubt about it. I mean, every situation is different. No situation is perfect. There are things that you can do to offset it, but but you're never going to completely eliminate the risk of partnership fallout. Um, but it is important to to do whatever you can to mitigate those risks, right? Right. And then the other thing that you mentioned that I found intriguing is, you know, you, you actually use the same verbiage that Landon and I use quite frequently with our business owner clients is that there are a lot of hats that you have to wear, right? Our job, Landon and I's job, is to work with business owners to help make sure that they're taking hats off Right. And they're starting to put those hats on other people. Delegate. Because, yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to be able to delegate that. I mean, the, the reality is you you've built a, an incredible organization. But if your business is heavily dependent on Gene being there day in and day out to run and to be profitable, it's not nearly as transferable as it is if Gene can take six months off and the business continues to grow. Right. That's a challenge. I mean, as well, I mean, exactly like in a small businesses, it's uh, that's the key. You have this key personnel, which is us, the business owners. And that's exactly right. We have to be able to, you know, delegate to transfer some of the responsibilities to our team. You know, that's what I've done. I mean, you know, we, you know, I have a team around me that's, you know, helping me to build this company. And, you know, that's, you know, it's it's obviously you know helped me to to kind of stay back a little bit and try to to see you know what we where else we need to do to grow. But yeah, it's it's very difficult for a business owner as an entrepreneur to like let it go. It's like a baby, and that's why a lot of people think of it like you know like it's your baby. So like, how do you how do you give it up? <laughs> yeah, it's very challenging. Very challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. Most business owners are very type A personalities. And like you said, it, it is their baby and they've, you know, they've built it to this point. But at the very least, you hit a plateau because you're only one person and you can only take it so far on your own. Yeah. But at the most, like I said earlier, it it your business doesn't really become transferable, meaning you just talked about your daughters wanting to forge their own paths and may not have any interests ever into coming into JetStore. And so the way that you monetize this business is to sell it to somebody else, right? right? And if they don't see a viable business without Gene, then it doesn't really become that valuable to anybody else. Right. You have to be able to show a lot of uh, business owners, they have like this, uh, I don't like they have this dream where they want to go for, you know, whatever, six months somewhere and then the business just runs on its own. A lot of these, um, you know, guys that are, you know, running the businesses now, that's kind of the model they're, they're trying to, you know, accomplish. We'll, we'll see if that's going to be, you know, they hire like a COO, like a chief operating officer, where the guy kind of runs day-to-day operations and then they can stay back and be like a chairman or, or like a chairman of the board or something like that. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that I'm kind of researching and see what can be done. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Because yeah. at some point, you know, yeah, we, nobody's getting any younger, so we got to figure out, you know, for the <laughs> next, for the next generation to take over. Happy to talk to you about that, but that's that's not the point of what we're here for today. So, Gene, tell me, tell me at this point, right? Like we've already talked about this. You've been doing actually. You know what? Let's take a quick break, grab some water. We'll hear a quick call to action, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you about what keeps you motivated. Right, 28 years in. What keeps you motivated today to continue to to grow and to to turn this into something great? Hey there, tycoons. Austin Peterson here, co-host of Tycoons of Small Biz. If you think you have what it takes to be considered a tycoon and you're wondering how you could become a featured guest, please follow and then message us at Tycoons of Small Biz on LinkedIn. We'd love to have a conversation with you to see if it is a mutually good fit. And if so, we'll get you scheduled for an interview. If you're unsure about being a guest on our podcast, but are contemplating selling your business over the next few years and you'd like to know what your business is worth, please also follow us and then message us on LinkedIn for your no obligation, informal valuation of your business. We look forward to hearing from you and thanks for listening to the Tycoons of Small Biz podcast. And now back to today's program. 
All right, Tycoons, welcome back. We're here with Gene Lazarovich with AC and NC Jet Store coming to us from the Steel City in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's 50 degrees today. So 25 degrees cooler there than it is where I am. But uh, Gene, like I said, right before the break, I want to ask you what keeps you motivated today, right? 28 years in, obviously, by all measures, successful company, everything's going, you know, pretty good now. What keeps you motivated today? I, I mean, it's I, it's it's amazing that every day, like I said, every day I wake up, it's just like a new day. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do today? And what's new and exciting is going to happen in technology? I mean, we are obviously are in the hottest uh, kind of field. The technology is always evolving. And, you know, we've been competing against some of the biggest titans of, you know, tech. It's HPE and Dell EMC. Pure storage, network appliance. Those are big public companies. We've competed with them head to head for 28 years. And that's just that drive to be able to compete against these big, big tycoons or big, you know, gorillas or the, the sharks of the of this, you know, technology is what drives me every day. Is just the ability to, to compete and be focused and be, you know, provide a customer service um, and provide a product, competitive product to our customers. So that's kind of what keeps me going, keeps me motivated is the, that we are able to survive for so long with all these big sharks around us and swimming us and trying to, you know, eat us. And, but they, you know, they still can't. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So what I hear from that is, one, you're a competitive guy, right? You love the fact that you're going head-to-head with these name brand companies, right? Yeah. Let's be honest, most people listening most people to- Most people heard of Jetstorm, that's right. Yeah, I've never heard of Jetstorm, right? So that's that's pretty cool. I mean, the, the fact that you can do that, but kind of fill us in. I mean, what? how is it that you're able to compete with them day in and day out? What What is it that right. makes Jetstorm unique enough to win business against those large companies? Right. So um, obviously, we're not a big company. So our overhead is much, you know, smaller than any of these companies put together. Or we are hundred times, ten times less than they are. You know, in in headcount, we don't have all these layers of VPs and you know seniors or VPs, VPs. You know, this and that. We don't have all these departments. So we're able to service our customers at a much faster pace. You know, as far as much faster response times. And of course, the value that we provide, you know, we, we provide them solutions that that are cost effective. That's kind of the been our motto, our slogan, you know, for all these 28 years. We offer the best price performance ratio on the market. So we'll give you similar product, but at a lower cost. And, you know, because we have a smaller team and we have we outsource some of the production, but even though we do make a lot of stuff here, but you know, some of it outsourced, but everything's being tested here in Pittsburgh and shipped out you know, worldwide. But because we have a smaller team and we have a lower overhead, we, you know, we're able to provide better value. And that's how we're able to compete with all these years against, you know, all of those um, big, big companies. And we are, you know, but we also have to maintain the, the level of support and service as they provide. So we provide like advanced replacement. You know, we provide four-hour, two-hour response on our emails, on our calls. So everything is we provide a similar type of support, similar type of product, but at a lower cost. And but the value is there. And a lot of cost, you know, companies that that been working with us, like government customers, I mentioned, uh, Navy, a lot of manufacturing companies, in uh, hospitals, they've been working with us for. 10 to 15 years. We have companies that have like 10, like seven, we are on our eighth generation of products uh, and they are already been using uh, seven generations of our products, the same customer. So they believe in us, you know, they believe in us. So they keep coming back to us and keep buying Jetstorm. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. I mean, those types of contracts are, are humongous, obviously, right? They're, they're large, they're important to your business. One and thing they're hard that, to get. They're hard to get. They're a lot of work. A lot of work. 
But uh, when you get them, it's uh, it's like an icing on the cake. You know, we call them blue elephants. They come like once a year. Uh, so it's anywhere from like two hundred to five hundred thousand dollars a contract, and we get like maybe one or two a year like that. Most that's that's another thing why what kept us going for all these years that we don't have a single customer that gives us twenty five percent of our business. That's actually a very you know very interesting stat. But that's another thing for like a lot of you know entrepreneurs that I can kind of mentor. I mentor them. I tell them don't give one, don't go after one big big contract because if you lose it, you know you're done. So you have to be very diversified, and that's what we've been diversified. That's why we've been uh, through a lot of these dot coms and you know a lot of the the, the economy is slow you know recessions and people still buying from us uh because you know number one we have a good value even now people are coming back to us because of the uh, we, you know we can offer similar products at lower cost people still need to store their data so they come into us uh so that's another you know, thing like a lot of people say oh you know you don't do well in recessions actually we do well in recessions because people come back to small business because they're looking for value so, you know, this is very interesting. And also, you know, like I said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. We have a lot of customers, that, but they don't give, we have over 4,000 customers, but there's not a single customer that gave us 25% of our business. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the, the call to action that we just, we just heard for our, for our listeners talks about a business valuation. And one of the inputs that we look at when we're doing a business valuation is customer concentration. It's important. Yeah. Yes, very important. Absolutely right. You do not want a large percentage of your revenue coming from one or two customers. That's a red flag. That's correct. Yes. Because you could lose that contract in a minute. It's not guaranteed that you're going to have it. So you got to diversify. You got to go out. And another thing, like with our our customers are very diverse in industries and vertical markets. So we have educational, we have like universities, then we have manufacturers, you know, we have uh, also, we have uh, guys that do uh, movie, like movie productions and uh, show productions and stuff like that. So, you know, then we have uh, surveillance customers that do video surveillance. So the the not only you have to be diversified in your, uh, you know, customer, but you also have diversified in the customer kind of uh, application in the, in, the, in the different from different industries. So yeah. it's like if you're doing everything, like we had a customer that was doing uh, oil and gas. So when oil and gas went down, they were really hurting and they were, they were telling us, you know, we, we, you know, we have to slow down buying, but, you know, and, but we had other customers that were giving us business and that were doing well. So you always have to be diversified kind of from all over. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of very important. Yeah, absolutely. So you've taken some big risks in your life, Gene, you're, you're not immune to risk or you're not, uh, or you don't shy away from risk, I should say. I mean, first of all, you, you came, from a foreign country to the United States, you didn't speak the language. You had a hundred dollars in your in your pocket, right? Yeah. And then you started a business, right? But since then, what's the biggest risk risk you took? Uh, biggest risk I took, uh, I think. Um, well, in the past, in the past maybe five years. I mean, obviously, one of the, probably the biggest things I took was probably open up the company because <laughs> I had no idea that you know, that I will be sitting here talking to you, you know, for example, because I mean, like I said, you know, nobody knows how long they're going to survive in business. And uh, just amazing that we were able to survive for 28 years. But in the past, probably five years, you know, I've taken some financial risks. Like we were, we actually landed some money for an MSP who then ended up not doing that well. And then we ended up taking some product back and, you know, we're able to kind of resell it uh, to other customers. Um, so basically a lot of our competitors are doing what's called hardware as a service, basically where you provide hardware to a customer and they, they pay you per month. So it's a recurring revenue. And, um, to do that, a lot of people use banks. Well, we decided to be our own bank. <laughs> we, you know, we gave like a, I don't know, probably half a million, at least a million, like maybe even 700,000 worth of equipment to, um, a customer not doing well. So they luckily we were able to get it back. But you know, my advice, probably looking back again, probably try to use banks or leasing companies in the future. And that's what I've been kind of using now, you know, instead of doing it on your own. Because sometimes you may know the person really well, you may know the company really well, but things may not go well for them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you may end up 
getting stuff back. And uh, but you know, we take some risks. So sometimes you know, you win, sometimes you lose. So uh, luckily, like I said, you know, we were able to um, you know sell it to not other customers, uh, and we didn't lose as much. But um, it was it was pretty it was pretty risky there that we probably took that risk. Probably shouldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, sometimes risks pay off and sometimes they don't, right? And and we have to we have to learn from them. Yeah. But you know, one thing that you mentioned I think is important to kind of unpack a little bit, right? So early on, no bank wanted to lend to you. You didn't have any collateral, you had no business history, you had nothing to kind of hang your hat on for them to lend to you. Yeah. But nowadays you do have the they ability. Wanna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You do have the ability to get bank financing. And so, you know, I, I, I hear sometimes from business owners and entrepreneurs how proud they are that they have no debt, right? And, right. and in from a financial standpoint, sounds great. But the reality is sometimes leverage that is created by using somebody else's money in a smart way is how you really take your business from here to here. Yeah. Right. And so you still have to be smart about it. You have to make sure that it makes good financial sense and you have an understanding of what it is that you're taking on because that's still a risk. You're still taking on debt that you have to pay back to somebody other than, you know, if you were to declare bankruptcy or whatever, if something goes wrong, but you're taking on a risk there still. But that may give you that, that ability to really augment your business by leveraging somebody else's dollars to get there. Right, that's correct, and yeah, just exactly what happened. Uh, you know, when we went in, you know, from when we started, you know, nobody would give us money. But uh, fifteen years later, the bank, our bank, came back to me and said, "Well, we give you one hundred fifty thousand dollars credit line without personal guarantee, without personal guarantee." And I still have it, and I haven't used it. Um, <laughs> it it's really funny you say that, but uh, yeah, it, it's just it's like whenever you need it, you know, you never get it. <laughs> But whenever you don't need it, they'll give it to you. The banks, you know, they they going after me, you know, all the time, you know, we'll give you all the credit you want, but uh, I have no debt. You know, company has no debt. That's another thing that maybe, that's why maybe we didn't grow to be, you know, $50 million company because we just were conservative in that way because we didn't want to take any investors and VCs, any, you know, and things like that. So we were doing it all organically. And that's maybe good and maybe not so good because, like I said, we just didn't grow as much, but we were successful. Uh, we were successful in our own way and we were able to, where we are, you know, without external uh, banks interfering. So, and, you know, kind of being able to be your own boss because if you have VCs, I mean, they're definitely going to run your life. So it's going to be tough. Yep. No, it, it's not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's good or bad, right. To be completely debt-free. It's, it's what are you wanting to accomplish and right. what is the smartest way to get there? Right. Right. You know, for you, it's not about building the next HP, right. It's about right. being successful, you doing what you wanted to do, building a great company with great employees and great culture. And, and yes, you've been financially successful along the way. You may not be a billionaire, right? But right. you're doing, you're doing just fine. And so it, it's, it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just that sometimes business owners tend to hang their hat on that. Well, we're debt free. We don't, we've never taken on any outside capital. We've never taken on any financing. We've never done this. We've never done that. And that's great. But that may have held you back. If you had a goal to grow to a different level, yeah. that may have held you back. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's again, looking back, you know, probably, you know, we definitely could have done, you know, maybe better, you know, if we would have taken more debt, more investors, more fine, you know, again, you know, capital, then definitely would probably be growing definitely faster or, or bigger or, you know, but I think just like I always tell people that everybody's going to have their own paths. Everybody's going to have their own kind of, you know, road. And as long as they're going to, you know, they're going to do okay, you know, doing that and they satisfied and they're successful and they're, they're happy. I think to, to each, each one of us will have our own paths. Looking back, you know, somebody told me that I would have done 
what I've done, I mean, I probably, I, I probably would have not believed them uh, because, you know, I came with a lot of people here that, that probably have not done as well as I have. And there are some people who have done probably better, but overall, you know, if you do well above average, I think, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> and that's what I tell my kids that, you know, you have to be above average because this country offers you this amazing ability to, to do whatever it is that you want to do, unlike any other countries. And, you know, I always tell my, you know, my parents made a great choice, great move that they decided to leave Russia, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm grateful that they, you know, they decided to, to come here because this is a just land of opportunities. It just, it really is. It's just, uh, you know, people, people want to come here, you know, every day. Um, you know, you see people, you know, running through the border. <laughs> so it's, it's really, really, you know, people are so desperate to come here. And, um, you know, I think it just proves that, that you can do, you can accomplish anything in this country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that that's really what, you know, it's all about is it's, it's the land of opportunity. You still have to put in the work to become successful, right? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. You just nothing. I always tell uh, this story that when people come, you know, from different countries, they always look at me and they're like, wow, you came here with nothing. And now you're like walking around, like, you know, just picking like money from the trees. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not, this is not, not that money doesn't grow in the trees like that. It just doesn't happen. You know, this is, this is a hard work. You know, you, you're going to be working 24 seven, you know, just like, you know, when I started, like I said, you know, I was going to school, working at the hospital and running my own business. And, uh, you know, when you run your own business, it, it's, it's small and full time. You know, you're running and people are like, well, when, when do you stop? I'm like, I, I think I'm, you know, when I sleep, I, I think I dream of something that is going to happen next day. So it, it just, it just never stops. It just never stops. Like, you know, some people go from eight to five, nine to five, whatever it is. And then they, they stop. We don't stop. You know, we just keep going. We're always yeah. thinking about something. So uh, it's a different breed. I mean, the entrepreneurs are a different breed. This is the way it is. Yeah, that is for sure. So, Gene, by all measures, like I said earlier, I mean, every success measure you can think of, you've been successful. But for you, how do you measure success? What is a successful person as far as you're concerned? Yeah, so I think it's um, what you have done, you know, after you, let's say, if you open a business or if you go to school or, you know, you just have to be kind of satisfied you know, with yourself, you have to assess yourself, assess your, you know, things that you accomplished and see if, if that's, you know, if you're happy with that, if you're satisfied, uh, I think then, you know, you're successful. It's not about money. It's about, you know, more of it like success, you know, how many customers you have, you know, how many partners you have, you know, do people recognize you? Do people want to talk to you and take your advice? It just, it's more than just, just monetary things because money is just doesn't buy happiness. You know, it's just a tool, but obviously it helps, but you kind of, it will follow, you know, the money will follow, but the success is more than just monetary things. So it's just a, you being satisfied with what you, you know, try to accomplish and then hopefully you, you know, you accomplished it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's really more, the way I interpret that is it's more about the input than the output. Yeah. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's what you put in is what you, you know, kind of set to, to do and set to, you know, to, to, to kind of accomplish. And then hopefully, you know, you're satisfied with what you've done. Yeah, for sure. Well, so what's the answer? Are you satisfied with what you've done so far? I think so. I think um, I definitely... You know, with uh, like I said, you know, when I came here when I was 18, I had no idea where I'm going to be, what kind, like, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I was just dropped off here and I just started going. I created my own paths, surrounded myself with the, you know, the right people. I think by all measures, I've done better than I expected to do. <laughs> so I, I think it's, uh, could have done better, maybe, but I think from what from my abilities, 
I always tell people, you can't jump over yourself. You know, everybody has a limit. You know, every person has a limit. You just can't, you know, if you decide, you know, you want to go to the moon, it doesn't mean you're going to go to the moon. I mean, some people can, but some people can't. Um, so you have to know your limits, but also you have to push yourself. You know, if you don't push yourself to, to, do, to accomplish something, to, to be successful, it doesn't matter if it's business or if it's just in life, you won't be able to do it. But you have to have that, that drive, that, you know, that passion that, you know, you know, do something and then you'll be able to do it. All right, Gene, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our time here. And so I just. That was want- great. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very good conversation. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's almost I like I was, I felt like I was sitting right across from you at the table. So just like it was a very, very good conversation. So well, good. Yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciated it. So let's close this out with you telling people who are listening that would have, you know, use for JetStore's products or just want to talk to Gene and, and pick your brain about what, you know, what you've done throughout your career. How do they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So yeah, they can find me. Um, you know, I'm very big on LinkedIn. I have about uh, 60,000 people that follow me. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, obviously our website, acnc.com, jetstore.com, they all go to the same uh, URL, you know, the same location. Um, they, they can email me at gene at acnc.com as well, you know, and, um, you know, they can definitely you know, go through LinkedIn and message me. So, you know, we have a great website with a lot of information about our products, about solutions we have done, you know, with all the support uh, that we offer. Um, so, you know, we have all the like contacts on the website as well. Then I'll be happy to answer any questions they have about JetStore or anything as far as the mentorships or small business or anything like that. You know, I can definitely advise anybody if, if they have any questions. Well, again, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I think you've done a tremendous job of, of building a great company and, and really, you know, fulfilling the American dream that you set out to, to fulfill 30 years ago when you arrived here. Thank you so much, Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Arizona time for an introduction to another great tycoon. And be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content.